everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires. You're with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of the Roost, your premier source for Rice Sports news and analysis. The Roost Podcast is part of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Republic of Football Podcast Network. Well, that was not fun. Not fun at all. I was telling somebody before this game. They're asking about weekend plans, and I told them that I was going to work this game. And they said, oh, hope, hope that's a good one. I said, if it's even remotely interesting, I'm going to have a very, very long weekend after afterwards. And it was. And for all the wrong reasons, I guess, oh, two things off the top. First off, um, receiving word that, oh, and I didn't tell you this beforehand. Uh, you said you had purchased and gotten a hold of the, well, I guess it's in the mail, the yeah. Love You Love you Blue Owls shirt from Homefield. I, yeah, I, I did. I, in I fact crashed. It. Yeah. And I have it coming too. I just, I had to. It was, it was so too good. Yeah. It was, it was too good. And we want y'all to know that we're just not hawking goods at y'all, that we are big proponents of Homefield and all those things. So if you haven't got it yet, I put it, a link in the show notes last week. So at theroost.com slash podcast, the feed, wherever you find this, it has a link with the Love You Blue shirt. Uh, click on that. Use the code ROOST. Uh, get 15% off your first order. And if nothing else, it lets them know that you you got it from us and we sent we sent you their way. Is that? Yeah, that's where yeah. it's going from. Yep. So do that. That makes sense. And get yourself some very, very nice home field gear that that's the good news um i'm pulling up my other note here the other thing i wanted to plug is that there is practice happening this week and there's obviously a lot of practicing still to be done so there will be practice notes and a couple other things coming up on patreon this week i actually just sat down this week uh, was aac media days for basketball so it's apparently that time of year again so we'll have basketball season previews coming up shortly and then a quick sh patreon shout out to i'm going to try my best to pronounce this name michael Tilyman, t-i-l-g-h-m-a-n thank you michael a um, patreon subscriber join the all-american tier i guess i'm a couple weeks belated on this but thank you for your support. Glad to have you on board. And yeah, I think I, I'm trying to delay actually talking about the football. We had all those, th I had all yeah. those things on the docket to do, but should we talk about the football? I guess, I guess that's why we're supposedly here. Uh, I, I'm pulling up the box score now and it's, uh, it's, it's not making me feel better. I'll, I'll say that I'm, I'm doing my I'm customary confused. live look. I'm confused because I see this and Luke McCaffrey seven for a hundred Dean Connors seven for 88 through the air Ross and McNeil for six for 91. Okay. They ran for 5.1 yards a carry. Yeah. Julie uh, was 8.5. Dean was six JT threw for 362 yards, 67% completions. I'm looking at this outgained UConn by 150 yards raw number uh yards per play 6.5 for yukon to 6.67 for rice 
Um, they were two of nine see. on third down. Like I'm just looking at the raw box score, and I'm like, if you told me nothing else, but kind of the numbers we rattled off so far, I'm like, so Rice won, right? Bill, Bill Connolly post game win expectancy, uh, 53% for Rice. Um, yeah, so it, all of that sounds like Rice should have won this game, doesn't it? Uh, let's see. Mm, turnovers. UConn zero, Rice four. Four. Sometimes it's hard to distill a game into one single stat, but I think that one probably does it. And it, it didn't even feel like in the moment, like there was a, a couple of them that felt particularly egregious, but it it didn't feel even, like even the penalty yardage was was even. I just ugh. I guess the first deja vu. So the first fumble was it, it was kind of odd. It looked almost like so JT, one of the things that we've praised him for on this podcast in the past is his pocket awareness, like his just ability to continue to look downfield and move and not have anything terrible happen has been like fantastic, but it looked almost that like he might've gotten a man blocked into him or something. Like there was a very weird, I, I couldn't even make out exactly what happened on that first fumble, but he fumbles. UConn recovers on the two yard line. And that was the point where I was like, okay, okay. But you know, like, Still all right. And then for the second week in a row, they try and run a like a swing or a screen in the flat that in the ECU game, it was called a backwards pass on the field. And then they went back and they reviewed it. And then in this game, they did not go back. It was just a fumble and spotted UConn a touchdown. So you're up 14 nothing in the first quarter. and Things are going well, no issues, and then boom, boom, it's the middle of the second, it's a tie game, and a game that, at that point, I, I, I was looking at the ESPN like score uh, bug or whatever, and I think at that point, Rice had like an 88% chance of winning up 14 nothing in the second quarter. Like It was just like yeah. everything was going according to plan, and then like the bottom fell out, man. I just like, yeah. And, you know, if like, it's one thing like, okay, those, you can say those plays are a bit fluky. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the final turnover is an interception when you're, you're trying to storm back to win the game. But the things that can't happen are after like after both of the so it's it's 14 to 13 you can't give up seven plays 67 yards uh a 41 yard touchdown pass to now you're down 20 to 14 uh later late in the game when you closed it to 31 28 three plays 76 yards 59 yard touchdown pass to put UConn up 38 to 28 like you can't you can't turn the ball over left and right and give up three or four big play touchdowns on defense in the same game. One one unit offense or defense has to not make those kind of horrible mistakes against a team like this. 
you cannot you cannot win a game no matter how thoroughly you outplay them. Otherwise, if you are giving up pl- big plays on defense and coughing the ball up on offense. Yeah, and it was just it was all bad. Like and and I think probably the the you know I was going to say most egregious, but I can't say that because everybody gets bad grades across the boards for this. But just every moment that they had to kind of calm down and like take a deep breath and kind of get things going. I felt like it wasn't until really the fourth quarter that they were like, okay, let's go and let's settle down and make this a game again. Like, I think that's one thing I will give this team credit there that there's never been a game yet this year where, so I think this is the second game this year that happened to the Houston game and this game that rice allowed 28 unanswered points, which kudos for winning one of those games which is impressive in itself yeah but but they were able to fight back the let's just quit and call it for next week is something that this team has not lost that so i will give them credit for that i would like that to start before they're down by two scores to a winless team and can we not please do and there was all this stuff going into the week of like you know best 015 team in the country and uconn's not UConn's pretty good and they got a good head coach and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, by the way, I saw Sam Houston state people talking about how they were the best Owen five team in the country. <laughs> and I got like thinking is, is every Owen five team the best Owen? Like, is that, I don't know how any more there were. Yeah, but I don't know. It was a bad football team, man. This is a bad football team that rice should not have lost to. They were double digits favorites. It's uh... just, it's embarrassing. And it's, if you want to be a program that, has the aspirations that you've said that you have, you can't do this. Yeah, no. And just like that and also, like we haven't even ragged on special teams yet. Um, start the, started the game off with a 23-yard punt. Um, add in a, mixed, a missed field goal. Um, the third fumble was on a was off um, a punt, it, right? It was a muffed punt that yeah. Rice also got flagged for roughing the the punter on the same play. I just you can't like it's it was it's, it's great to have some level of resiliency to overcome adversity, um but it would be great if that adversity was not caused by you uh, not merely shooting yourself in the foot, but then looking down at your shot foot and proceeding to unload the rest of the clip in said foot. I wish I could have said that my post game kind of initial takeaways. I, I think I said shot, shot, shot themselves in both feet, but yeah, yeah, emptied the clip would have been more, more appropriate. Yeah. This was just, just in, in kind of the, the, yeah, that's just kind of how it's gone moment was in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was I right at the beginning of the fourth quarter when rice was trailing at that point, it would have been, by oh get my scoring drive it 31 21 yukon that would have been so rice drives down there and they get to fourth and 10 and they're lining up for a very questionable decision but i think it's it's something like a 45 yard field something like that and which you have a kicker who missed from 29 and has missed four of his last five kicks, which by the way, I, I think it's time he not go to gets a shot. Um, like I know this is like a very hard 
psychological position to like figure out sometimes, but at the end of the day, you're you're judged on making kicks and that's your job. Yeah. And I'm just so anyhow, and aside, but they have a delay of game when they're lining up for this long field goal that then forces them into fourth and 16, which they then attempt and they don't convert. That was kind of the microcosm of like making probably a low probability decision. I don't know what the right one is to kick a long field goal with a struggling kicker to botching that, to having to try basically a, not a Hail Mary, but a very, very long, low percentage fourth down conversion down 10 points to a team you were supposed to beat by 10 at home. It's, it's bad. Yeah. And then I guess another aside, I, I wanted to get your take on this. What did you think about kind of the offensive game plan? Because I'm looking at the box score and I'm like, you know, if you take away, you know, air quotes, if you take away the fumbles, and the penalties, the miscues, you know, maybe you can say it worked. I was really confused at the lack of a downfield passing attack. It, everything was horizontal and it kind of felt like, I don't know, in, in prior games when another team had thrown the punch, you're like, okay, well, JT, Dean Connors over the top, boom, like we're back in this. And I thought the, the horizontalness kind of sapped some of the explosiveness from the offense. And it made it feel like 10 points was bigger than 10 points. Yeah, I don't like, I would have to go back and watch. This is one of those things that's, uh, for me, is straightforward enough to see on replay. But I am rarely in the right frame of mind to watch for it live. <laughs> My guess is that UConn was, was uh, like, were they just in in a too high shell like the entire time? Pretty much. like. That's like, more or less what it was. I asked Bloomgren afterwards, and he said, you know, they hadn't really shown it on film, and they kind of broke it out in the game. And so that was kind of our adjustment. And, like, like they were efficient on a play-to-play -play basis in a way they haven't been a lot. Yeah, like, really the, efficient. Like, the general philosophy of playing a defensive scheme like that is that, like, you know, it's the it's the bend but don't break. It's It's the idea that, you make a team drive the length of the field and maybe you give up a whole, whole lot of yards, but you give yourself more chances on defense to make a, like, you don't give up big plays, so, like, you're basically counting on the chance that at some point something is going to go wrong for the offense, and sometimes that works. Uh, it usually does not work as spectacularly as it worked for UConn here. Like, usually the, the series of mistakes is, like, I don't know, you you whiff a block and then you drop a pass and then all of a sudden you're in third and 11 and then maybe that maybe the defense can get off the field. But uh, usually it's not that like, you know, making the other team take eight or nine plays instead of four or five plays results in them coughing up the ball every other drive. Uh, but. Yeah, I guess my thought is, is the book out now? Is this what Rice is going to see for the rest of the season? I mean, I hope so. like, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say I hope so, but like you would like to think that it should not be possible just as a matter of chance 
to make this many catastrophically bad plays on offense. Like, like it, it, if it's you put theory. up <laughs> 6.7 yards per play, like you, you should be fine on offense. Like it, it shouldn't like, if you can execute, if you can get 5.1 yards a carry and 7.4 yards a pass, like that, that's enough for a functional offensive performance. You just need to, just gotta finish man like it i don't know like i like i don't want to chalk this one up as fluky or in like there's no excusing this and i'm not trying to like i am from a fan perspective like deeply angry about this game because it should not like you, you just gotta play better than that but well i think it's in its it, it wasn't like they didn't have the right like philosophy for how to attack this defense. It like, if you do that, you know, on a play to play basis in any other game and just don't make those catastrophically awful plays, then, then you should be fine. So I don't like, I don't know. Yeah. And I think it, a part of it for me, cause I think to a large extent, you're right. Like if they come out and like, they're able to find a way to win this game, overcome some of those mistakes, then, yeah, I, I, I guess a lot of the offensive attack and that style, it, it worked because you look at JT Daniels' box score and you're like, okay, we can do that because now you have a quarterback that can do that, that you can trust to make 10 plays in a row yeah. without making a catastrophic mistake. Like, we can't discount JT, who, by the way, like, still playing on one leg. <laughs> like, yeah. I know that we forget well, this. And they, but like, they finally ran the ball. Like, and it, 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 you know, it turns out that if you put all your DBs back and give up light boxes, like even a team that has not managed to run the ball against basically any FBS opponent thus far is going to have some level of success doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that the, the, the kind of the part of this that sticks, stings the most is if, we hadn't seen this movie before, then it'd be easier to look past it. You know, like I had people asking me after the game. So which one was worse, this or Charlotte? And I was like, (laughs) the, the fact that we have to have that conversation is the problem. Yeah. Like the, the Yukon game is not the problem. It's the fact that there's another moment in the not too distant future or not the, the past which way am I going in time? The past, hopefully the past that you kind of have this where like, for whatever reason, like it just didn't work, man. And the didn't work disaster is the part that, that, that it's the perception part that is so jarring because we look through, you know, you talked about the post game win expectancy where this is a game that's coin flippy, but I mean, Rice probably should have won a 10 point favorite against a bad team at home. Just all these kind of things that go together, you're like, okay, like I, I, I can see by kind of looking analytically how you just had some bad like turnover luck, which happens, but it, it's sometimes you know, fool me, fool me once, fool me twice. Like at some point, like your propensity for your worst possible outcome to be this is the problem. Like your worst possible outcome being like, oh, you turned the ball over a couple of times but you were able to bat down on defense. Like the ECU experiment was like, okay, like 
if that's the bad, then I can roll with it. You know, like you made some yeah. mistakes. You weren't perfect. It wasn't great, but you kind of showed that you could overcome. You could play a bad game and still look like a, a good football team. They didn't yeah. look like a good football team. And you never look good when you lose, but they didn't look good in this one. Yeah, no. Like, it was just... But it's also like, if you're going to tell me that they go out after the bye and they hang 60 on Tulsa, am I going to be surprised? No. No, probably not. We shouldn't be surprised at all because we've seen... <laughs> When this offense protects the football, what they can do. But if you're telling me you got to go, you know, bet your house on the next Rice football game, I'm scared, man, because I don't no, know what just, team the is level, up. The level of inconsistency is is frustrating, just on a year over year basis. And you've just like this should be the sort of game favored, like you were, and and as like generally more effective as you were on a down-to-down basis like this should get, be getting you some level of margin for error like you should be four and two right now you should be able to say well our, our goals are higher but we can make a bowl game as long as we you know do the things we're supposed to do on the back half of the season like even if if we have tough games against this this gauntlet of of utsa smu tulane then we don't even have to be perfect against the rest of the schedule and still make a bowl. And if you're, if you're better than that, then, then you, you, you know, things get even better, but you've just, you've completely lost all margin for error at this point. Like you have to be Tulsa. Like there is no, there is no option to lose to Tulsa at this point. I'm tired of week seven must wins. Yeah. It's not, it's, Yeah, and and I think that's it because I I'm still kind of in the moat the boat where just kind of seeing what I'm seeing and like Rice is still going to have the quarterback advantage in I'm going to conservatively say four of the six games down the stretch. Yeah, like Frank Harris on one leg, maybe you call a toss up. I don't know. He looked pretty good on Saturday, but. If you have that, then then you got you'll have a chance and you're still one and one in conference. And this is a conference that looks more and more beatable, honestly, on a day to day yeah. basis. USF just took a whooping in Birmingham this weekend against UAB. And I, now I think USF was probably a little bit above uh, ahead of schedule and maybe they're coming down a little bit more to earth. But that's year one, you know, of. Teams in this conference left and right are giving each other uh, their first FBS wins. It's just, it's not a good look, man. <laughs> we, we, like, we, we brought the, like, infection with us from CUSA. And, and here's the crazy thing. Like, here's there's the no stratification in the conference anymore. That's what happens when you put too much CUSA in a conference. <laughs> like, any ability to, like, tear out the performance of your teams goes away. And everybody just... Everybody just falls in the big crab bucket. And this is like, what is it? The investing, the investing term. I, you can tell how much I am privy to this, the, the, the beta, the, the amount of volatility that, yeah. the, 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 that, that rice brings. Because still in the same season, 
Rice is now the only team in the American with a Power 5 win. That's true. And they're the only team in the American to lose to a 0-5 independent. Yeah, I, I like we could have we just we just came up with all this stuff to describe the volatility of this team. And we That's really it. could have just said beat a power five team lost to UConn. That's it. That's that's that is such a goal. Like and the thing is the 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 the, the Houston win, like and we talked through it. You can go back and listen to the podcast, it wasn't fluky. Like I'm not yeah. saying if you go play a hundred times that Rice is winning eighty of them. But I'm saying if they played again tomorrow and Rice won, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, because that's the ceiling. The floor evidently is lower than we all wanted it to be. And maybe that's the the <sighs> ultimate takeaway from this game. Is that we have just a really wide range of outcomes. Which I guess if you if you play the game enough, you roll the dice enough, you know, one of these days you're going to have the two lane year, right? Where just everything comes up roses and you get the right talent and the right pieces and you have the quarterback and yeah. you got 10 wins and you're, you're playing somebody Heisman trophy winner in a cotton bowl. Like you can hit, you can just go great. And then you can also strike out the other way. Which means probably in the middle you find somewhere around five to seven wins and your chaos balances out. But man, that makes for a very bumpy ride on a week-to-week basis. <sighs> well, yeah. So, can we be done with? Can we be done with this? I wanted to say one thing that we will. We we didn't talk too much on the defense. The defense got handed a lot of you know, bad situations in this one. Uh, UConn scored on a, a two-yard drive, which didn't help. And then there was a defensive breakdown, the fourth quarter touchdown. Oh, that was painful. I was talking to Bloomgren afterwards, and he said, yeah, like, we literally called out the play that they were running, and they scored a touchdown. And I was like, oh. <sighs> and this... <sighs> That that one hurt most of all, but but I think in general for the rest of the defense, if you look at the fourth quarter, uh, two three and outs, and you had that one bust for a touchdown in general, and then I think the defense was okay. the The only thing that I I kind of think, and and I'm chalking this one up to outlier in a way that I kind of have more confidence in it coming back. Uh, there was zero pressure in this game from the rice front seven, which was yeah. honestly just stunning. I didn't really realize until afterwards, zero sacks, zero and two tackles for a loss after giving everybody havoc. Yeah. So I will say if, if, if we can do one single, like let's give UConn credit here. I think their offensive line is low key, pretty good. Like this is like the third that's kind of where I'm coming back. This is like the third week in a row I've seen like their right guard and right tackle show up on the like PFF team of the week for college and like take PFF grades for what you will. But like. Usually that means something, right? So, yeah, yeah, I don't. And that's the part where I'm like, 
I'm not, I'm kind of willing to give this, this unit a pass for that because I, I think they'll fare pretty good more often than not. But yeah. man, that certainly made everything else going wrong. I was, it was not a convenient day to not be able to get to the quarterback and yeah, generate no. any of that pressure Should, on your own. Shouldn't have mattered, but no. Yeah. So that was in there. And then one other sh- two shout outs actually, because basically the last 30 minutes was kind of not great because deservedly so, but uh, Peyton Stevenson had the block on the extra point, which at the time helped preserve everything was going wrong, but rice was still winning 14, 13, uh, you know, midway through the second quarter because he had that, that pump block or pump block, that extra point block, which I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And then Quentin Jackson, we saw kind of the most usage we've seen from him all year. And where the line in front of me, he finished with four returns for 115 yards with a long of 41. And he had another long return that got called back with a penalty. But 115 return yards on four kicks when people like aren't returning kicks in today's college football. <laughs> like he looked really good and explosive. And I thought that's, you know, the, the kick return game is something that Rice really hasn't had a spark at in a while. Like Juma had a long return, but it was a couple yeah. of years ago now at this point. And then like, got to go back to like maybe Austin Trammell, like fielding punts, like, like actually professional NFL punt return. <laughs> Austin Trammell, yeah, by the way, he, he got signed last week to the active roster. If you hadn't seen for the, the Los Angeles Rams and he's their primary punt returner. So it's always fun when you see this guy in college and you're like, Oh, he's, he's pretty good. He's doing this. And then you go see him doing it at the next level. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, I, can't tell, I can't break down punt coverage, but I can tell you when he's good. And <laughs> lo and behold, Austin Trammell, the sheriff still good. So I think those were my other accolades that I wanted to, to mention Ari Broussard sighting. He ran pretty good a couple times. It was nice, some nice moments. Yeah. But uh, you got to go beat yeah. Tulsa. You got to go beat Tulsa. So hopefully JT's ankle can get right over the bye. And uh, yeah. And anyway, I'm excited for both basketball teams, honestly. So looking forward to that. We're getting We're getting right into the thick of that. So. Looking yeah, forward the women to those previews. picked to finish third in the American. Yeah. Which is, I, I, I hadn't like put much thought into where they should be picked preseason, either men or the women. But I saw that. I was like, oh, okay. And keep in mind, the I won't spoil the entire preview, but the AAC is a multi-bit league, historically, always. So if you're picked to finish third in the AAC, you... Yeah, that's a real shot. Tournament shot, like for real, for real. So what we're saying is, don't despair. Depending on how football season goes, basketball is coming. (laughs) That's what we'll say. Anyway, so we'll see y'all back soon. Uh, We don't quite have uh, plans settled for the bye week, so there there may or may not be an episode coming next week. But if not, we will. Uh, hopefully see y'all coming uh, not in the same type of mood 
uh, in, in two weeks for sure. Um, but but stay tuned for or uh, if we got anything coming out next week. So we'll we'll see y'all again soon. And rice pie. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.